Well, yeah. anyway, all that being said, uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, uh, I don't want to keep him waiting really in the... Uh, <laughs> On the phone in the stuck <laughs> the phone, elevator. Stuck in the elevator. All right, so let's let's go let's go ahead. We do have with us uh, tonight Dave Pounder, who is uh, basically a pornographer and relationships expert and uh, an award-winning author. And um, we do want to talk to him this evening. Uh, how are you doing? How's the elevator treating you, uh, uh, Dave? I'm, I'm doing great. You know, it's warmer than the studio. And the listeners don't know I was actually in the studio. And I'm like, oh, it's a little cold. Let me run down and get a sweater. <laughs> Had I not went down. <laughs> And I wouldn't be in the elevator right now. But the elevator is toasty warm. It's nice and cozy in here. And I see the fire department's actually on site. I see their uh, truck outside the window here. So it's probably just a matter of time before they get me out of here. Yeah, well, uh, Are you let's sure hope you didn't purposely get yourself stuck in that elevator? I've heard about a lot of, like, sex pornographers doing things in elevators. I know, right? Uh, only, only if you were in it with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's no good to good be alone. Answer. No good to be alone. <laughs> so um, Dave has uh, written a, a book. One of his books, Obscene Thoughts, is a pornographer's perspective on sex, love, and dating. And it delves into a lot of the issues that prevent men and women from truly understanding each other. Um, right. Why, as a pornographer, do you feel that you have the expertise to go ahead and talk about these uh, matters? Well, I mean, it's kind of like saying, you know, why does Goldman Sachs have the expertise to talk about financial markets? I mean, that's what they do day in and day out, right? So I've seen sexuality in commercial environment, not only just through the adult film industry, but also through the swingers world. And I, that's how I kind of got into the adult film industry, through the swingers world, where, you know, couples would meet other couples or guys or girls, um, you know, for these sort of intimate uh, encounters. And then on top of that, just interviewing dozens and dozens, of, forget dozens, hundreds of different people, old, young, uh, you know, men and women from different cultures, as well as reading all of the evolutionary psychology research from researchers like David Buss, uh, David Schmidt, uh, Jeffrey Miller, John Townsend, all these top sort of anthropology and evolutionary psychology guys. There's this, sort of this recurring theme that comes out in all of this uh, that everybody just seems to want to reject or not pay attention to. I mean, there's a, there's a quote from Ayn Rand that says, the hardest thing to explain is the glaringly evident which everybody has decided not to see. And I think that's what the case is, really, when it comes to human sexuality. Um, for example, we know, um, well, let's, let's go back to the historical context. I mean, back in the day, you know, everybody thought that the moon um, – and, you know, the sun and everything revolved around the earth. And, you know, all of these scientists started looking at data, you know, sort of these, you know, pre-historic scientists. And they said, you know, um, hey, it looks like all the data indicates that actually the earth goes around uh, the sun and not the other way around. And there was a lot of upheaval about that. You know, people were, were put in jail. They were killed. They were persecuted merely for making scientific claims based on data that was contrary to what you would read about in these religious texts. And I think when you look at this idea of monogamy, you know, that you should only have one sex partner and, you know, this sort of, you know, that sex is for reproductive purposes and really nothing else. I mean, I think a lot of this is really more of this morality-based religious uh, philosophy that really comes from these religious texts that really fly in the face of science. And when you look, for example, at our closest genetic uh, cousins, chimpanzees and bonobos, okay, we share over 99% of our DNA with our primate cousins. And both of them are highly promiscuous. When you look at other um, primates that are monogamous, like a gibbon, for example, gibbons have internal testicles, and their testicle size is very small relative to body mass. When you look at chimpanzees and bonobos, they both have external testicles, and their, and their uh, testicle size is, is larger than most of the primates 
um, relative to body mass. And where do humans fit in that? We fit in, you know, less than, uh, you know, chimps and bonobos barely, but, but much higher than um, gibbons. So if you want to, you know, if you want to look for uh, sort of anatomical signals of promiscuity, externally displayed testicles and testicle size relative to body mass is a great uh, place to start. So this idea that, you know, we look at chimpanzees and we want to explain warfare, but then we look at birds and we want to explain human sexuality, doesn't make any sense. And actually, the fire department's letting me out. Hey! <laughs> Congratulations. Congratulations. Well... All right. Oh, let me jump out of here. Hold on. Here we go. Ready? Go ahead. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to you when you, when you, uh, when you get right. We'll talk amongst ourselves about those right, testicles. Bye-bye. So anyway, I want to welcome Dave back, uh, who, who just spent uh, the, the first 15 minutes of the show. Or speaking of Dave, maybe you can channel that anger into sex, Dr. Blum. Oh, well, that, that I do all the time. Um, I mean, his last name, Dave, is Pounder. And I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that is a pseudonym. That's called S&M if you channel <laughs> anger into sex. I don't recommend that. So I think as we left off, we're talking about testicle size amongst primates and other animals. Is we were. <laughs> and by the way, on a side note, I noticed while I was hanging out in the elevator that your elevator license is expired. Oh. <laughs> so, so they have an expired license here. Oh, that's very good. Uh, maybe we'll call the city tomorrow. We'll see what happens. The city of Boca Raton. Don't get the, him angry again. I know, right? Oh, no, no. Now I'm done. That's the other thing about me is that you, when I'm done with it, I'm done with it. And then it's like, next, uh, you know, but, I, but I, I don't dwell it on it. It carries on and all the people around, though, and then they transfer it to the people around Yeah, they around probably them. go, holy crap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, stay away from so, this so, so the anger isn't done. It just keeps on <coughs> rippling out indefinitely. Well, for me, it's yeah. all right. That's kind of, I guess, like throwing a rock in a pool, and then it ripples and ripples and ripples. Except and according to some theories, it mm-hmm. comes back on you then eventually. So well, that's all right. And so. I have to teach you about emotional boundaries so you don't take on anyone else's anger. You actually have a boundary, so it doesn't come into you, the anger, okay? Well, it's funny because people can be angry, and um, I, I don't necessarily, you know, I usually ignore it. But anyway, let's go ahead. We have a guest here. Um, does anger enter into anything that, that you do, or is this all pure love? I'm I'm all love. <laughs> I mean, I could be stuck in an elevator for weeks, and I would be happy. <laughs> You'd be happy in the elevator. I'm happy. I mean, like, okay. no, no, there's no anger on my end. What? So uh, um, uh, how did you get started in, in this particular field? In, really? Well, hey, it's all good. Well, really? I don't know. He went and had sex. <laughs> well, I don't mean uh, I don't mean the biological part of it. I mean the uh, the as a pornographer. I sure, think is what sure. you called well, yourself. I was, I was actually at a swingers club in uh, Costa Mesa, California, and uh, I was kind of new to this whole scene. And my ex girlfriend at the time got me a subscription to the Hustler magazine, and there was a uh, article about the swingers club where people met and had sex. I'm like, this can't be for real. So I kept the article because I was with her. I didn't want to cheat on her. I thought that would be wrong. And I went to grad school. And then when I got out of grad school, I went back to this place. And I checked it out. And sure enough, it was legit. I walk into this house, and there's all these people. You know, they have, like, special rooms. You can hear people having sex. So I come across this couple that I thought was attractive, the wife. And I just started hooking up with the wife, right, like on the couch in front of everybody. I didn't know what really the protocol was that you have to – most of these people would, would get a room or they would leave and go somewhere. Um, so this guy comes up to me and he's like, hey, have you ever thought about being in movies? I'm like, well, why me? And he's like, because you don't mind that there's all these people that are watching you. So I'm like, absolutely, I'll totally do it. And uh, so I went down to do my first shoot, um, which was a boy-boy-girls shoot. It's all straight, but it's two guys and a girl. And they always start a new guy in a boy-boy-girls shoot because you never know if the new guy is going to get hard. And if he doesn't, you can always shoot hard- hardcore on the other guy and make it seem that the other guy okay. is hard, even though he's not. So there's no risk to the production. I didn't know this at the time, but that's what they were doing. So I knew from the swingers world I could always 
get an erection, but I was like, how am I going to last 45 minutes and not, you know, this girl's beautiful. Like, how's this going to happen? Like, even in the swinger world, I don't go 45 minutes. But I didn't realize they had editors. I didn't know anything about film production. So I'm like, I kept saying to the director, you know, what do I do if I'm going to, you know, what do I do? He's like, just stop. I'm like, you know, like, I'm going to call stop because me, I have to hold everybody up. There's like, you know, videographers, photographers, director, makeup, like everybody's going to wait on me. I'm like, hell no. So, so what, uh, I'm, what, what, about what, uh, what was the year this was all? Occurred? This was like 2001. Uh, okay. And, uh, so anyway, so I say to the director, give me like a five minute warning <laughs> before I shoot. And I go in the bathroom and I rub one out and I'm like, all right, good. Now that I rub one out, I'm, I'm going to be able to go a much longer distance. Now I'm like, I have to worry about, um, you know, climaxing too soon. So of course, when the scene starts, they throw five, five gazillion watts of light on you. And it's just a, it's a completely different environment. And I'm like, uh, how come I don't have a boner? <laughs> uh, I, I have to just wonder here. Sure. You could say whatever you say whatever you'd like, but we need to keep it yes. clinical. I'm FCC compliant. Uh, okay. All right. It. So the uh, <laughs> no, but um. So anyway, so I showed, I told the director what I did, and I showed him my crusty, you know, undies. I was like, and he's like, and he gave me another chance. And then from that point on, everything's pretty much history. Um, and I just kept making more and more movies, and I kind of honed. The craft of what it took to be—it's like anything else. I mean, it's like being an—you know—if you're a basketball player, you know what you need to eat before you play basketball. You know, like you're kind of honing your game. So when you, any new guy that starts is going to be very inconsistent. But after about a year, it was very—I could perform consistently, and then I was getting more gigs with bigger companies, increasing my rate, so to speak. Um, and it just kind of went from there. Then I got into directing, producing, and then I got into the whole academic angle of it. I got into a PhD program at the Kinsey Institute at Indiana University. But it was too cold, so I left after the first semester. I, I mean, tell you, you got stuck in the elevator because exactly. you were too cold up here. <laughs> you had to go down and get the sweat. The elevator was right. nice and cozy, actually, you know. But, uh, yeah, so that's how I got into it. And then, but the thing is, is through that process, you know, because I was in the swinger world first and through the porn world and through interviewing everybody that I know, and gets back to what we talked about earlier, is there's this clear pattern in sort of uh, divergent sexual strategies of men and women that a lot of people don't want to acknowledge. A lot of social scientists will adopt what's called a blank slate mentality, saying that it's called like this tabula rasa, everyone's born, everything's socialized. So guys are taught to behave this way, women are taught to behave that way. But there's plenty of of research um, that, that sort of, in my view, proves that not to be true. I mean, David Buss and David Schmidt did a cross-cultural study. They went to societies um, in Europe, societies in the United States, societies, uh, even tribal societies um, in Venezuela, in Botswana, where they didn't have access to media. And they found in every single one of these cultures, men preferred sexual variety with different women. And in none of the cultures did women prefer sexual variety for the sake of sexual variety. I mean, women will step out in a relationship if something is missing from their primary relationship, if the husband is not invested in them emotionally, if the husband is not having sex with them, if the husband is not investing in them financially. And that doesn't mean bokeh financially, like here's your Mercedes. It means, you know, it means here's a card I thought of you. Here, Here's a box of chocolates. Oh, look, I went out and I bought you a bottle of wine because I thought of you. You know, like, these are things that resonate well with women. So provided that that girl doesn't have a past history of sexual abuse or sustained emotional abuse, which would cause her to sort of act out sexually for for what I call non-biological reasons, something that that happened to them or was interjected in their life, it's if she loves her husband and respects what he does for a living, it's it's virtually zero probability that she's going to cheat. Now, contrast that with a man. You can take a guy that's married to the most attractive woman in the world that's having sex with them every day and doing everything that a woman could conceptually uh, a man would want. And if he's traveling and there's another attractive woman that will have sex with him and he knows that his wife isn't going to find out, almost invariably he opts into that. Now, he won't admit that amongst his friends. If I'm sitting in a room and I go, 
well, you cheat. Oh, no, not me, not me. Because there's, you know, there's this, there's this. It's like, it's like asking, it's like if the IRS asks you, would you cheat on your taxes? You're going to say no. <laughs> of course, like, the IRS asks me if I'm going to cheat on my taxes. So, um, and when they've done these studies, there was a study called, um, it was done at Florida State, I think by Elaine Hatfield. And what they did is they had, uh, stu- they had male and female students of different attractiveness levels approach different people on campus and ask them three questions. One question was, uh, we'd like to go back to my apartment and have sex, just point blank. Uh, the second one was, we'd like to go on a date. And the third one was, um, we'd like to be friends. I just, you know, moved here, whatever, we want to be friends. And what was funny is, is not a single woman responded in the affirmative to going home to the apartment to have sex. I want to say roughly a third, somewhere between a third and a half agreed affirmatively to the date. And I think more than half agreed affirmatively to the friendship. And when they flipped it on gender lines, males overwhelmingly were happy to go back to the complete stranger's house and have sex. <laughs> they were not a shocker. They today, were, really, they were still, uh, they were still interested in going on a date, but to a lesser degree to the sex. And they were still interested in being friends, but to a lesser degree than to the, um, to the date. So where there was this sort of goal or cause males think of sexuality as goal oriented. It's kind of like a, a linear pattern to orgasm, right? Where women, it's more circular to women. The sex is the cuddling, is the dinner, is the romance. It's all one big circle, and everything kind of interplays. Um, so women don't necessarily fixate on that. Their sexuality is more malleable. Wait, wait, wait. Doctor, Doctor Genet. So I'm I'm listening to you, mm-hmm. and and I'm hearing what you're saying, and and there's some truths to what you're saying, but there's also a side of that that's not exactly 100 mm-hmm. percent true. Um, you, I'm sure you believe, or, or I'm asking you, do you believe in learned behaviors? I'm sure. I mean, are you talking like in the classical conditioning sense or just like like a positive, uh, positive yeah, reinforcement, I'll, negative reinforcement? Yeah. And sure. also just I- environmentally and mm-hmm. socially and sex roles that there's learned behaviors. So maybe there was a time where, you know, women not necessarily would want other sex partners. I, I, I feel that men and women are wired differently. Men are more to the physicality where women are more to the emotional part of it. But women also would, just like men, would like to have multiple sex partners to fulfill different things if they wouldn't get caught. Mm-hmm. If, um, you know, their husband wouldn't know type of thing. It's not just men, at least from my perspective, psychologically, from my practice, because I do a lot of couples counseling um, and the genders are now coming closer together in regards to that. This is what I see happening. Sure. OK, so a couple of points. So um, first of all. I know you don't have a wedding ring and you're you're attractive. So, oh, you do have a wedding ring? No. Or you don't? Okay. No, so if I said to you right now, after the show, let's go have sex, what would be your response? Uh, no, thank you. Right. And I would say, absolutely, let's go. How I would argue that if I was sitting across most women right now that I found to be an attractive person, I mean, you're, you know, thin, I can see, you know, you're attractive, right? So I would absolutely have sex with you. And I think most men sitting here, if given the opportunity to have sex with you after the show, okay, would be in answering can we in the ask, I would actually like each one of these men. <laughs> ah, but, ah, but to I my earlier point. I put them right. on the spot. Rich, he's the okay. and, to, and to my earlier point, okay. Our, Sorry. And to our earlier point, our, 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 our <laughs> man. <laughs> he's oblivious. And the question is, would I have sex with you? Yes. No. Right. Now, 
Granted, though, there you go. That's we know, a man. but we know that he's married, and I said <laughs> that he would respond to them negatively if he knew that the wife. Or so if his else wife was not listening to the show, he may have responded. If he yes. knew that this wasn't recorded, my wife is out of town. <laughs> She's in New York with my daughter and sister-in-law. I could, do it, I could do whatever I would. I would want, and my wife would have absolutely no concept. So, Doctor Mike, what do you think about what he's saying then? That all men would see an attractive woman and for sure just have sex. And you're saying you that's know, not you're necessarily true. You're making a blanket true. statement, all men. Uh, you know, uh, all I never said all men, by the way. I said yeah. men. So, uh, <laughs> okay. so I would say some men would, and it might be a, a majority of men that would. Uh, um, you know, I don't. I have male friends, and no one ever would ad admit that to me. I've not had one male friend say to me, hey, you know, I had sex and I'm married. I d had a friend very, very early on who actually wanted me to just go ahead and visit some whores. And I told him, no, let's go. I want to go ahead and do something. And when he picked me up in his car, he went there anyway. And I waited in the car while he did what he had to. And then I went back and never spoke to him or dealt with him ever again because he was married. And I thought it was terrible. And I couldn't look his wife. I couldn't look his wife in the face. And I wasn't married to anybody at the time. And uh, certainly my relationship of 33 years is much more important. I can imagine what any woman will look like in the air with her legs spread open. To me, it's plumbing. It's just a bunch of plumbing. You can plug this thing into that, and that's it. Don't be and, too depressing about this. Okay, I mean, to tell you, to tell you that's, that's really what it is. Well, you're it's a sockets and, I, I, and plugs. I always wonder how doctors maintain their sex drive. after. <laughs> My brother's a GU surgeon, and I, I say, and now, I said it never affected him. Now, I, have, I happen to have uh, an excellent sex life with my wife. I always have. I have no need, like, physically to run around and do things. So I, I that's part of it, too. If it was the other way around, and I'd always, I told my I wife this. I said, I will never cheat on you. I will tell you beforehand. I said, if things go so awry in my relationship with you, I will tell you, honey, things are not working out, and I'm going to go look for sex somewhere else. Well, that'll make it better. <laughs> I'll but talk, talk to Jimmy first. I will, tell, I, I will tell you what, I say that because... You respect her. It's not only that, it's because I've spent so long building up trust, I don't want to lose that. If I lose, if I just cheat, then I lose the whole trust aspect, and I can never really approach my wife the same way at all, ever. However, if I've told her that, there is a chance after the fact that perhaps we could get together or come back together or something, because I've not lied and have not broken a trust. There are so many variable factors, and socioeconomic is one of them. I have a lot of friends who are very rich, and they almost all have agreements with their wives, that the wives actually encourage them to have mistresses because they really have a stable home life. They've got everything they wanted out of life. Absolutely. And they even help mm -hmm. their husbands pick out yep. the mistresses. And, and like, I can talk about that at length. So you guys have talked about a lot, so let me jump in with a couple of things. So first of all, let's, let's do a quick elementary lesson in statistics, okay? It's a scientific fact to say that men are taller than women. Okay, if you take a random sample of men and a random sample of women, and you look at the at the mean height, for example, and do a standard and look at the standard deviation, look, do what's called a difference in means test, you'll see that there's a significant difference. And you can statistically say with 95% confidence that men are taller than women. And the key word is with 95% confidence. So the thing is, is you can't talk about. You have to understand the difference between population level and anecdotal data. So you might say, well, you know. Oh, well, my friend, you know, maybe I'm the captain of the FAU basketball females team and say, that's that's crap. I almost, I almost had an FCC blunder there. Right? No, no, that's crap. You know, because Jennifer and Maria are taller than Joe and Mike, these people I know individually. But that doesn't that doesn't take away from the population level claim. Now, here's a way to validate that for the, er the earlier analogy I used with you with the with the having sex after the show. 
if if let's say Michael put to us a a bet and he says to me, Dave, after the show, you have one hour to go out and find a girl to have sex with. You cannot pay her. You cannot know her. You have to go up to a stranger. And if you're able to have sex with her within an hour, I'll give you a million dollars. If not, you have to give me a thousand dollars. Okay. I'm not going to take that bet because it's unlikely that I'm going to be able to find a woman, okay, who I'm not paying, who doesn't know me, that'll have sex with me within an hour of the show. I would bet that you would take that bet, that you would, because you know as a woman, and I think most women know, that they will find a guy that they can have sex with within an hour and get a million dollars, even though you might have to risk paying a thousand to Michael. Now that's population level, because you're looking at the difference, and you, we both know, I mean, everyone's laughing because they know it's true. And I think the problem is, you know, you have a lot of these um, monogamous couples, for example, or what I call perceived monogamous couples, where the husband and wife are together and the wife says, wow, you know, isn't this great? Isn't this monogamous relationship great? And the guy's like, I love my wife. She's awesome. I'm kind of monogamous for her. I don't really want to be, but I am. It works for her. And what I've noticed in the swinger world is I meet all these couples and the wives are swinging. And it's like, I love my husband. Doing it for him. I'd rather not swing, but I'm doing it for him. And you see these these gender differences in desire for sexual variety. And then it gets to what you were saying, which is when you look at the swinger lifestyle, it is disproportionately wealthy. Okay, people from Royal Palm Country Club, St. Andrews Country. I mean, I, I don't know the, the the reach of the show, but in, in South Florida, the most affluent communities, people have private jets, they have Ferraris, they have Bentleys. We're not talking about school teachers making forty thousand dollars a year. Now, why do the women put up with that? Like to his point, well, I can let him have his sexual or have our sexual variety together, and I can continue living in my five million dollar house and driving my S-Series Mercedes and going out on my boat, or I can leave. And what's the probability that I'll be able to find a replacement mate? Not that high. And comparatively, if a guy's in a monogamous relationship and his wife is super hot, <laughs> and he's like, uh, okay, I'll be monogamous, <laughs> because if his wife catches him cheating and she leaves, he's, it's unlikely he'll be able to replace that that wife with another girl as hot. And this is when we get into this, this idea of mate value. Men and women have different levels of mate value. The men who have higher mate value, okay, women value personality, conference or confidence, height, social status, you know, these things. Um, if a man has those things, okay, he's he's at a much higher risk of cheating. Not because he's just a jerk, he just has the opportunity. So by analogy, think of this. Let's assume that there's a biological a biological desire to own a Ferrari. There is not, but let's assume for sake of argument that there is. Okay? And I say Look at that CEO with a Ferrari. Look at that gastroenterologist with a Ferrari. And you say, well, the McDonald's guy doesn't have a Ferrari. He hasn't chosen not to have a Ferrari. Yeah, he cannot but are afford these guys a Ferrari. with the Ferrari hot looking or are they short, bald, and fat? It doesn't matter. It Look, does it matter. I, I, you know, I, gotta, I have to tell you something. I don't know that it matters. I saw a, a very, very interesting sexual study where they had, uh, I think it was 12 guys, and I think they had 12 women. And the women were to rate the men according to how sexy they thought they were. And they came up with different, with different numbers. <laughs> they took another, the same, same men, but they took another 12 women in, a different group. And this time what they did with the men is they put up a little placard as to what they did for a living. Okay? The most sexy man, they said, stock boy. Okay? Then someone else was a physician and someone else, when they redid that, that stock boy did not make the list. 
So that just shows about the value. Yes, I agree with that. They become more attractive because of their status, because of their uh, if they're affluent or not. Absolutely. So what you're saying then for men, it doesn't matter if she's a hot bombshell. She could be a nothing, and it's all about physicality. For sexual right? for sexual access, correct. Now, let me say another study out of Montreal. There was a study by uh, a a. Uh, guy named God Saad, G-A-D-S-A-A-D. And what they did, similar to your thing, is they took a guy and they put him in a, uh, I think it was a Bentley or a nice car, a Porsche, a Bentley, something. And they had women rate him, rate him on a scale of 1 to 10. Then they took the same guy, they didn't change anything about him, and they put him in a little clunker car, and they had women rate him. And there was a statistical difference in the mean level of attractiveness that was given. Okay. Then they took a female, and they took the female, and they put her in, the Porsche, and they took the same female, and they put her in the clunker, and there was no difference in the perceived level of attractiveness by the man. This is genetic. This isn't Joe versus Mark or Michelle versus Stephanie. Let me give you another. I know you want to talk. You want to say something? Well, well before they did uh-huh. studies on this, uh, I mean, jokes have more wisdom than, than a lot of scientific studies, and there's an, an old famous one about this father's asking his son, do you know the difference between theory and reality? And the son says, no, tell me. He says, well, go ask your mother now. She'll make love to the neighbor for a million dollars. And the mother says, yeah, I wouldn't. Now go ask your sister if she'd make love to the neighbor's son for a million dollars. And the sister says, yeah, I would. So then the father tells his son, see, in theory, I've got a, a wife and, 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 uh, and a daughter, and you've got a mother and a sister. But in reality, we're living with a couple of whores. <laughs> so, <laughs> I've, heard, I've, heard, I've heard that one. But it, That's no. lovely. To put it another way, a woman comes over to this very wealthy couple at, <laughs> at a very wealthy restaurant, and, uh, and she says, hi, how are you? And the, the, woman, the wife says, who is that? She says, That's my mistress. Says, Your mistress? I want a divorce. How could you possibly be doing this? She says, do you like the, the house out in the Riviera? He goes, yeah. Do you like all the stock options? He goes, yeah. He says, do you like the multi-million dollar house we live in? He says, yeah. He says, then shut up and eat your food. About about a minute or two later, she says, isn't that Herb over there? He goes, yeah, that's Herb. Because who's the woman sitting next to him? He says, that's Herb's mistress. She goes, our mistress is much nicer. <laughs> Now, let's go back to some other things. I like to to make sure we hit every point here. So you had mentioned that you're like, okay, so, you know, that women, that there are women that are, that some women that are just as precious as men and some men that are monogamous like women. It really isn't gender based. So I would challenge that by saying this. If you go and anybody at home can do this and you guys can do this. Okay. In Craigslist, there's a section called casual encounters where people can meet for casual sex if they want. And what you can do is you can post, and I did this when I was in graduate school at Kinsey um, as part of the research, and you can post comparable ads. You can say, I'm a 30-year-old female in shape, blah, blah, blah. My husband's out of town looking for a little fun this weekend. Send a phone number and a picture if you're legitimate so I know you're real. Won't call you back unless it's a phone number and a picture. And do the same thing. My wife's out of town. I'm a husband looking for a casual fling over the weekend. Send in a phone number and a picture, blah, blah, blah. Now, granted... Normally in statistics, you'd say, okay, you know, you don't have to make sure that, that, you know, this is an overwhelmingly male or female populated, but, but the internet is equally used by males and females. So you're not adversely selecting your population. If you're to do that under your, um, hypothesis, if you will, that when the male paces the ads, the promiscuous females in society that you described that are existing would be responding and the males, um, that we're both acknowledging exist would be subscribing or would be responding to the females ads. But when we did this, and anybody can do this at home, create the same ad. When you come back 24 hours later, you will have 
hundreds upon hundreds of legitimate picture phone number emails from men looking to have casual sex for the weekend with the wife whose husband is out of town. And when you log into the other, okay, from hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds to two, <laughs> one of them is a fake porn spam ad. I'm very interested. Please log in and get my contact information. And, you, you know, you have to plug in your credit card. So it was a spam thing. And the other one was by a woman who was not considered desirable by by mate value standards. So when we talked about how males have mate value, females also have mate value. And what we know from a social science perspective about female mate value, it has to do with youth, uh, facial attractiveness, and uh, facial symmetry, which are all cues of fertility, right? There's a reason that men are attracted typically to younger girls because they have a higher reproductive value, um, they can produce more offspring, and they have cues like a waist-hip ratio, for example, of 0.68 to 0.72, which is found universally attractive across all cultures. This, in all cultures, uh, this is what men find attractive. And that, again, is correlated directly with reproductive uh, fecundity, basically. I, I have a question. You're obviously mm -hmm. very intelligent. What do you think of the idea of sapiosexuality, the fact that mm -hmm. people are attracted to intelligence nowadays? Absolutely. Uh, well, particularly women. I mean, women, women I mean, I'm attracted to intelligence. I mean, I love that in a partner. Um, but... Over, but the the primary filter for me, and for most men, is physical attractiveness. Is it physical attractiveness. Okay, now let me within this initial filter, let me look at these other factors that people have. For women, that's not the case. I mean, Biggie Smalls was this big, huge black guy, right? He was like five thousand pounds, and he had a hot girlfriend. Why? Because he was rich and successful. You know what I mean? Um, and I get that people don't like to hear that, but it's true. And the thing is, is women respond very positively to intelligence because intelligence is correlated with income. Um, and it's not that women are like these sort of. I've uh -huh. heard that it isn't. They say that men's uh, uh, people that they don't get more money. That it, actually it's not correlated with income. Amazingly enough, that intelligence and IQ are. Well, it depends on your gauge. If you're okay, you're gauging by IQ. I was gauging it by level of uh, education. So in other words, if you if you look at income level by high school, bachelor's, graduate, doctoral. There's a direct linear relationship in in money made. So I haven't looked at it by IQ, but I have looked at it by educational level. Um, so, but again, women are looking for uh, cues of things that will get to a man's ambition, a man's ability to generate resources, and it doesn't make them gold digging. Well, you know, it's funny. That's <laughs> it makes them women, and that's okay. And the fact that guys want to have sex with everybody. It doesn't make me a jerk. I'm like, yeah, let's have sex after the show. That just makes me a guy, yeah, <laughs> an I, honest guy. I, I agree with you. Right. And it, I'm not surprised what mm, you're saying. Sure. I'm just saying that's not the only factor. I do agree that men want to have sex more so with women just for the sex of it rather than women for men. But I'm saying there are other factors that are involved, at least the people that come in my office that I hear. I mean, there are also men that come in my office that the wives or the women cheat on them. And like you said, the value because of the value, she's very pretty or she's also successful herself. He's, you know, he's beside himself. He doesn't want to lose her or she's the mother of my children. So I hear those stories as well. But, it, as well. but in general, do I think that, you know, as growing up, I remember the guys would say, oh, my gosh, look at that. And I would say, what's that? And they would say, oh, I have an erection. I'm being clinically correct. Sure. Um, and I would say, why would happen? Well, it doesn't matter. The wind just blew. That mm -hmm. kind of thing. Well, a woman doesn't experience that. Right. And, and, but what's interesting is what jumped out at me when you were talking about what makes you think that women act like men, as you say in your practice. You have an adversely selected population from the start because you think about the type of woman that's going out and, and seeking out 
counseling. You've already adversely selected. So think of it like this. I say, let's say somebody over here makes a claim and they say, I think everybody has bad breath or most people have bad breath. I'd say, I don't agree with that. And he says, and then you're on the show going, listen, when people come into my breath clinic, <laughs> you know, it's like, Correct. yeah, but they're going to the breath clinic because they have bad breath. You've already adversely selected. So you can I say, agree with that. I would agree with you that I said, if there's a demographic or a cohort of people who've already pre-selected to go to counseling for sexuality or for relationships or for whatever it is, then I would argue that you would see uh, similar similarity in men and women because most people aren't going to relationship counseling unless there's a problem with the relationship. And it's and when there's a problem with, with the relationship that women cheat. I agree with that. However, I, and again, I'm not disagreeing mm -hmm. that men want to have more sex with women just for the sex of it and that women look for other things, whether it be uh, socioeconomic status or intelligence, so on and so forth. That actually is very true, and I agree with that. But also the studies that you're pointing out, these studies haven't been done all over the place that you're, you're quoting all these studies. So you're taking these studies and these research. I'm sure you haven't done every single one in every world and every culture, so on and so forth. Well, again, uh, let me reference you back to the David Schmidt and David Buss study, which I can actually email you guys if you're interested. I don't know if you have a website. You can put it for yeah. listeners. But listen, they did a cross-cultural study. Okay, I think it was 50 different countries. And, of course, there's always the, this, this argument that, oh, it's media. It's been socialized. They went to the, to, uh, the Kung. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, exclamation K-U-N-G, in Botswana, uh, the Yamamano in um, Venezuela. And these, these societies with no access to media, okay, they couldn't have been socialized to just want different, oh, I saw on, on, you know, these rap videos that they're hooking up with all these girls. That doesn't exist. And that doesn't, and, 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 and the same pattern emerges. Now, let's think about why. So from evolutionary psychology is more concerned about not so much like, what, like the how, but the why. Okay, we know that women have breasts and men don't. There's an adaptive reason for that because women give birth to babies and men don't. I don't need breasts, okay? I don't have to deliver nutrients to a baby. So the fact that we can acknowledge that there are physical uh, differences in the physiology, the physiology, the anatomy of men and women, right? Um, it also extends that the brain is different. What evolutionary psychology suggests is that everybody as a, as a species is interested in getting the genetics into the future. As a man, my cost of having sex is much lower than yours. So I can go around and I can have sex with the entire world and theoretically impregnate everybody. And I, my offspring are more likely to survive because I've had sex with a gazillion girls. I have a gazillion offspring. Now, I'm just hoping that, you know, some of them survive, right? As a woman, you have, a, you have what's called a minimal obligatory parental investment, okay? Your brain, as, as humans, our brain hasn't caught up to medical technology, which is relatively in the last hundred years. Okay, we're talking about hundreds of thousands of years of evolution. So, you know, if you get pregnant, you now have this obligation to carry a baby for nine months. And you want parental support from the father. You want resources. You want protection. And if you have sex indiscriminately and just mate with everybody and say, it's your baby, I'm like, it's not my baby. I'm not going to put my – that could be Joe's baby. So it, it was in a woman's evolutionary interest to – mate discriminately, not indiscriminately. There are anthropologists mm -hmm. who say exactly the opposite of what you're saying. They're saying that the women had to have about seven partners to ensure that at least one of them would come back from hunting, gathering in the forest, and then help support. They had to fool at least seven men into thinking they might be the father of that child so that at least one of them would be around to take care of it. Okay, but the, the idea still is, though, is support, is that women need to have, uh, I wouldn't say need to have, but women generally will have a man or somebody who they think can support them. That's why when men lose jobs, even though they may have been married, having a friend of mine married 20 years, he, he, went, he went through bankruptcy and all that. His wife left him. Absolutely. 
You know, and it was, it was because this, and you know, you could look at her as being a really evil person. Not at all. But if you look at it instead, like you said, anthropologically, Makes sense. The, the, <laughs> the woman needs to go ahead and make sure that there's some type of support mechanism around them. Uh, so, well, she she'd prefer that, but I mean, I'm sure your wife didn't think when she became pregnant that it was an obligation for her. You want me to be with me? To, to have to carry that baby. No, she it wants just had to. Like it's not a conscious. It's not conscious. None of this is conscious. It's all subconscious. So, so for example, it's like just I don't want to interrupt, but I am. Uh, it's, like, it's, just, it's like when I see like young guys in the car and they roll down their windows and they go, "Hey, cheeky, cheeky," and all of this. It reminds me of a bird strutting. Yep, absolutely. And to me, it you know, I normally I'd say, "What a jerk," but I think anthropologically, if you looked at it back, men don't. Men are supposed to be the more beautiful of the species. You know, in in the human beings, it's the other way around, and the men tend to go ahead and do these other goofy, stupid things. Which to me is like a bird strutting. But you've seen pictures of the African tribe where the men get themselves all fancied up to uh, present themselves before to be picked by the. The, the females, which one is the prettiest? I'm sure each society has its way of doing and that. The, are you familiar with Margaret Mead with her Trobriand Island study? Uh, I know Margaret Mead, but I haven't met familiar with her research. Well, she'd come out mm -hmm. with this book that convinced the whole world that there was this island paradise culture where the girls had uh, se uh, sexual uh, uh, activity from the time they were young, and they could control their own system like a yogi could so that they wouldn't get pregnant. And it turned out that the wise guys of the Trobrian Island had put these, had told her these tall tales, and then she printed them up and everybody believed them because there was no, unfortunately, and it was, it was really a source of the whole hippie culture. They go, hey, we should do that too, but it wasn't true. You know, there's a funny YouTube video speaking about catcalls with men. It's like, what, what would it be like if women catcalled men and they had these women drive around, it's a spoof, and they drive around the car going, wow, you look like you'd be a good father. And it's like, Wow, you like you look like you make good money. Like, hey, want to cuddle? <laughs> you know, like it's all it's just yeah, you know, it's a spoof on the on the general. But your earlier point about um, you mentioned there was an anthropologist. I'm not familiar with that. Do you know who the anthropologist is? No, but he, he was also saying the second part of what you're saying that it's in, built into our ancestral uh, urges that the man is going to want to try to spread the genes as much as he can, but that the woman is going to try to have as many mates that she could possibly so that she can have it, at least one definite one. So promiscuity is built into the... the, the well, the, the point of this study was that uh, prostitution even was built into the uh, women's genes and rape is built into the man's genes. As an so so sure. we don't want to get our vestigial instincts controlling us. That's right. why we're human, that we mm -hmm. can actually choose and be conscious sure. and decide to be better than that. Sure. Now, I look at uh, when I, I have a million things. I saw. So first of all, because we keep introducing these new points that I want to address. So first of all, you have to look at monogamy like... Um, like dieting, okay? If you have to understand, most women, if they're married for 10 years and their husband had sex with two girls, that's too much. That's too, too many, okay? If a guy had sex with two girls in 10 years of marriage, he is good at monogamy. He is awesome at monogamy, okay? If you are a guy and you eat salads and you eat very healthy and you work out every day, okay? And you have a cookie on June 6th, okay? You don't all of a sudden become this terrible dieter, you're not this jerk. Oh my God! Like what a he had the one cookie, right? Like, like if somebody eats like I do and eats terrible meals every day, I'm an example of terrible dieting. Okay, not the guy who's a personal trainer that eats a cheeseburger twice a year, and the guy who cheats on his wife every week or is just not really cautious about her feelings or is not taking the necessary steps to make sure she doesn't find out, is 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 bad in the world of monogamy compared to the guy who cheats once or twice a year, who in my view is good in monogamy. Now, to your earlier point about the anthropologist, there is research of other 
in other cultures that don't understand reproduction. And they believe that if you're a girl and you want to have a baby that's smart and funny and strong, you have a little bit of sex with the strong guy, you have a little bit of sex with the funny guy, and they believe that, that a baby is accumulated semen. They do. They honestly believe this. Um, and, and then in that society, in all of the fathers come, they all claim paternity and they all invest. So that does happen. But what's important to understand is, is, is that the, I'm, I really want to get to what you were saying earlier about that, because I, I completely reject the claim that, that, I'm not talking anecdotally, I'm talking at the population level, that there are women who value sexual variety for its own sake. And so between the primatological data... So you don't think that data, women value sexual variety for its own sake? Correct. Right? Okay. And what I'm saying to you is, if I'm giving you the primatological data, the chimpanzees and bonobos, the population level Craigslist data, the evolutionary psychology theory, what I would like to hear from you is you've made the claim, but what is your evidence to support it aside of the anecdotal clinical experience? What about just based on the individual? That's anecdotal. That's like, okay, perfect example. The per capita income in Florida is around $40,000, okay, $40,000, $45,000. I live in Boca Raton. I could be you and say, that's crap. Average per capita, per capita income is two million. That's forty thousand. It's my personal experience. I don't leave Boca. You know, I like the beach. <laughs> I don't want to leave. I've never seen Hialeah. <laughs> you know, I never saw, you know, Royal Palm Beach. Like, I don't know where these places are. No, you look at data. You you have to look at population level data to make informed decisions. But but how about looking at human beings who are not influenced by their culture? Because the last couple of thousand years of civilization has kept women in a position that's unnatural. They're, if, if you take a natural woman, I think she, exactly like Janae said, she's going to want variety. She's going to want exactly what men want. Freud used to say, what do women want? I think that's an easy one. They want exactly what men uh, want. What was the the, the uh, studies that you quote, David, what are the age groups and when was it done? Um, the I could email with you. I don't have that off the top of my head. But I mean, it, I know, uh, just roundabout. Was it done 10 years ago, 15 um, years ago, 20 years ago? The with the guy in the Porsche, that was done within the last 10 years, mm-hmm. probably maybe in the last five. Um, the one in Florida State is an old study that's been replicated over and over again, so that's 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 considered consensus, basically. Um, the David Schmidt, David Buss study, I'd say, was within the last 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, would su- I would submit to you that perhaps the, those studies are too old because because in the last 10 years, there's been such a big, big social change in everything that goes on. We had, a, we had a, a, unfortunately, we had a different host at one time who passed away, and he, was, he would go to the bars, and he was dealing with kids that were in their 20s or 18 or 19, and these people did have the exact same attitude as men. They wanted to have sex with as many people as possible. They could give a goddamn about anything other than the size of your genitalia. So I think that, particularly with sex, we're now, like, I remember when I was a kid, I found, like, some science book on sex and my heart was beating out of my chest because I couldn't believe this. I found this book. Now you go on the internet and boom, you can see whatever it is, whatever perversion you would like. And this is all so new that I might suggest that you need to go ahead and do some studies because Dr. Janae actually is seeing patients and I understand that I'm a dentist, so I'm not seeing a lot of healthy mouths, you know, except for yours. It looks pretty good. Again, <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, it is you're dealing now from a completely different perspective if you're dealing with something that's that's more current. OK, so. so and wait, let me just make a okay. quick point on that also, because I guess we would say like infidelity with cheating. So there's um, a website that I write for and um, I have about three hundred and ninety thousand, let's say, viewers and. In that, they've taken, I guess, um, some statistical, you know, numbers on cheating. And they do say that 
between men and women, maybe men are 51 percent and women are 49 percent with cheating. All right. So let me address all and that's of that. in the last year. Absolutely. OK. So first of all, you asked about the studies I specifically cited. Um, there is a preponderance of evidence in other studies that validate what I've already said. If you want to see recent research within the last year, there's a guy named Justin Garcia at the Kinsey Institute at Indiana University that wrote a book. I forget the name of the book, but just go to Amazon, type in Justin Garcia. Um, I can tell you, have, having uh, been in the porn business for over a decade, that plenty of young women, every single one of them, every single one of them um, has a history of sexual or emotional abuse, and that's why they're there. Um, if And there's plenty of guys who do not. So if what you're saying is true about this younger generation not caring, then that would f logically follow that there would be women who come to porn with no past history of sexual abuse because they just see the money and they see the opportunity. Bell Knox at Duke, who was the big famous Duke porn star, you know, she this is how well I know this. Is she says, I was never sexually abused. I'm like, that's BS. No way. But it's right? also and that then, men don't admit to be sexually abused like women do. And a lot of women don't. No, most, most women won't admit it. No, no, no I'm saying yeah. men don't admit to be mm -hmm. sexually abused as much as women would admit to be sexually abused. So, I, I mean, know, I don't yeah. know the porn industry. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying that uh, from what you're saying, again, I can only say by the number of people that I see, but I've had both men and women in the sexual uh, porn mm -hmm. industry that both have been abused, or actually more men have been abused. There have been a lot of men that have been abused sexually, and that could be another reason why they then, which is like a reaction formation, why they tend to want to have sex more. I've had a lot of men that were abused sexually by older women, and they end up having a lot more sex than women. Mm -hmm. well, well, I was going to say by nuns even, you know, mm -hmm. I've had tons uh, of let, I'd like uh, David to respond. Okay. But what we were talking about earlier. But, but I, 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 one second, I would, I would like you to go ahead and respond. You, okay, and, and say the summary again because I lost it when oh, you came no, in. It was just that when you were saying about the porn industry, how you said, I don't know if you said oh, all right. or most no, women okay. come no, no. in because they have Correct. a history well, of being sexually is, abused. And I'm saying, sure. well, I think men do too. They just don't report it as I often. I understand. But what I'm saying is, is if there are men who are abused, let's say, in the porn industry, there's men who are abused and there's men who are not abused. What I'm saying is there are no women who are not abused in the porn industry. So it's kind of like saying... How do how do we know that? No. You know, we're going we'll to have to talk about that. We're coming up to the, uh, the top of the hour. We need oh. to take a station break. Absolutely. Uh, and f feel fr free to give us a call. This, to me, is a very, very fascinating show. Give us a call, 888-565-1470. We need to get into cheating a little bit more next time around. We're going to be talking a little bit about... Um, uh, about what David's book is about and how you can get it and all those other good things. You're listening to The Michael Blum Show, 888-565-1470, 888-565-1470. We'll speak to you in a few. WWNN, Pompano Beach, Boca Raton, Miami, Fort Lauderdale. Most people put off dental work until the last possible moment. You know, long work days, daily commitments, and even costs can be challenging to your dental health. Twenty years ago, the Center for the Dental Arts was created as a dental practice that would be different from most. A place that has office hours until 8 p.m. to accommodate the busiest schedules. The staff of the Center for Dental Arts is naturally caring to ensure your comfort treating you like family while your smile is at the center of their attention. The Center for the Dental Arts features general, cosmetic, and implant dentistry, all in one convenient downtown Fort Lauderdale location. Especially in these times, the Center for the Dental Arts is finding ways to make sure you smile with 
with the best quality work at a price you can afford. Call 954-463-4999 and ask for the new patient special. Call the Center for Dental Arts today and see for yourself how they've been making people smile for over 20 years. Call 954-463-4999. That's 954-463-4999 at the Center for Dental Arts. Hi, this is Michael Glum. Did you know the Michael Glum Show can be heard every Monday night from 9 to 11 p.m. on WWNN 1470 AM? So give us a call at 888-565-1470 to join us. We also broadcast 24-7 from our website, michaelblumshow.com. That's michaelblumshow.com. You can be anonymous, so call us and let your voice be heard. Hi, this is Michael Blum. Here at Reality Radio, we talk about the things that most people don't want to talk about. If you have a story or a situation that needs to be heard, call us at 800-524-8040 or email me at michael at michaelblumshow.com and we will be in touch with you. Think, speak, and be heard on The Michael Blum Show. Today, divorce is an epidemic in our society. Are you one of those many discouraged people in an unhappy marriage contemplating the question whether to stay or not to stay? I'm Dr. Janae Lomaski. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist. Unfortunately, many people make the divorce decision without considering all of the consequences. In that state of mind, emotions are raw and the stress level is high. Ask yourself some of the following questions. Are you involved in a mentally or emotionally abusive relationship? Can chronic control issues be overcome? What if your spouse refuses to communicate or listen? Is marital infidelity a deal breaker? Can your issues be resolved? Divorce is a part of life, but it may not have to be part of your life. Let's get together and discuss it. Call me at 561-777-2021. That's 561-777-2021. following could be based upon actual events. Once upon a time, there were three little pigs, and each wanted to get a mortgage to build a house. The first little pig, well, he was blown down by inflated balloon mortgage payments. The second little pig, he had his share of trouble. He went to a poorly rated financial institution and got some bad advice, and the sticks came tumbling down. Now the third little pig, an entire different story. This little pig went to Paradise Bank. He was a real ham and happily living in his beautiful new home. Don't worry, his two brothers moved in with him as well. For your fable to come true, call Paradise Bank, 561-392-5444. 561-392-5444. Paradise Bank, member FDIC. An equal housing lender, mention the Night and Day Show and receive a free gift. You're in tune to the Michael Blum Show on 1470 WWNN. But when the weekend rolls around, tune into our sister station, 740 WSBR. There you can find me, Alan Knight, and my fiance, Bridget Day. That's Saturday afternoons at 5 and Sunday nights at 11. The Night and Day Show, 740 WSBR. Now, Michael Blum on 1470.
Welcome back, everybody. Listen to the uh, Michael Blum Show. We are talking sex tonight. Very, very interesting show. Give us a call, 888-565-1470. If you've ever had sex, I really think you ought to call that number up. Uh, if you'd like to have sex, you should also call that number up. If you like sex like I do in the evening, you should call that up. And, but sometimes I like sex not in the morning as well, and sometimes mid-afternoon, and sometimes the afternoon or the mid-afternoon and the evening and uh, late at night, too. So if you enjoy sex, 888-565-1470. If you do not enjoy sex... 888-565-1470. We have with us, uh, we have David Pounder, a pornographer, relations expert, and award-winning author. Uh, has written a book, Obscene Thoughts, which is a pornographer's uh, perspective on sex, love, and dating. And he delves into some, some really fascinating issues. Uh, um, do you think that it's okay for a man to cheat? Well, it's, it's kind of like saying, is it okay to speed? Everybody does it, is my theory. Is um, Well, I don't, not everybody speeds, and not everybody, not everybody cheats. cheats. Right. But and I am, I, just, I am okay. asking you a personal sure. opinion. Absolutely. I think it's, I think it's, it's um, natural for a guy to cheat. Um, I think, and I use the analogy of poison um, when, when I talk about this. Like, for what example. Do, wait, what does that mean, it's natural for a guy to cheat? So is it natural for a woman to cheat? Um, not if she's with a primary male who's investing in her, um, who's providing both um, resource, financial protection, and genetics. It's normal for women to cheat. If a woman is with a man who's not high genetic quality, okay, he's, let's just say he's just can provide income, but he's not a good uh, genetic partner. Maybe she's not attractive enough to attract someone who can do both. She can't get George Clooney, right? It's very common for a woman to, to sort of cuckold the guy by going off and having a brief affair with a guy who's high social status to get his genetics, and then the primary partner who doesn't know that that happened ends up raising that guy's baby without even knowing it. And there was a guy named um, David Magnus. He's a, he's a geneticist at Stanford um, who actually did this research where he did uh, DNA tests of uh, families, and he found that somewhere, I want to say it was around like 15% or something, um, I don't know, I'm throwing that number out. It's, it's a low, high percent, somewhere in there. So I would say anywhere from a low end of 7 to a high end of 20, um, where the biological father was not actually, or the, uh, the the father who the son believed was his father was not actually his father. How does that, that differentiate high? from a woman who is married to a high socioeconomic status man, husband, uh, who's intelligent, um, and she just cheats because she finds someone hot? Likes the pool boy. Right. Okay. So, or the gardener. Th this is this is a good question. So, what I'm what what I'm positing is that if the guy that she's married to, aside from him just being good looking, if he has a um, if he's investing in her in those three areas we described, he's investing in her physically, I meaning he's having sex with her at least minimum once a week. Um, he's not out fighting a war in Iraq, right? He's investing in her financially. He doesn't buy her Bentley. He's just buying her stuff and showing that he cares about her with some physical uh, token of a resemblance. Um, and investing in her emotionally. Honey, I miss you. Tell me about your day. I'm so glad we're together. You know, these things that a lot of women like to hear. If that's happening and she respects him and his occupation, okay, and she does not have a prior history of sexual abuse, it could have happened just once, um, or sustained emotional abuse. Not somebody saying she's ugly once, but saying you're ugly, you're ugly, you're ugly over a sustained period of time, really killing your self-confidence, um, that she will, that she, not only will she not cheat, she won't even desire to cheat. Um, where for men, none of that matters. At all. Yeah, but I think it also, again, I'm going to have to say it mm -hmm. depends on the individual. This is not across the board. Sure, but again, it's 95%. It's, it's like the height analogy. I'm trying to talk about anecdotal versus population. 
I'm saying this this is true 95% of the 95% time. 95% of the time mm-hmm. you're saying men cheat just to cheat and that's okay. If they have the opportunity, not all men have the opportunity, which brings us back to the Ferrari analogy. Why doesn't why don't all men have the opportunity if they leave the house? Why don't they have the if opportunity? If you're the McDonald's clerk serving quarter pounder with cheese sandwiches, women do not want to have sex with you. They are still getting it. Yes, they <laughs> are. They Those are McDonald's not. clerks they are can, getting they it. Can leave. They are. Oh, maybe, they can if leave. maybe if they're 18 and they're on the high school football team and that's the only reason they're at McDonald's. But there are. You know what? They can leave They can leave McDonald's. They can uh, you know drop the fries in the oil and then pick them up and then go ahead out and leave and go the- ahead and put on a different uh, a set of clothing, and they can be Dr. Uh, Stone Ferrara, <laughs> who is uh, uh, a well-known pathologist in Miami, and uh, and they can go ahead and do whatever they'd like. I, I, I agree with you, Dr. Janae, that I think a man at any point in time, if he wants to cheat, regardless of who he is, they can probably find a way to go ahead and do that. Um, uh, you know, I... I I, I I believe it's the same thing for women. If women really are of the ilk where they have to or want to cheat, they're going to go ahead and they can do that as well. Even calling it cheating is as if the uh, vows of matrimony were sacred, which the religions would like you to believe. But I think they're man-made and mind-made. And what really is sacred is something in the heart when you love a person and that could form a bonding of a certain amount of time as long as the people feel it's to both of their benefit. But society doesn't have the right to regulate, tell people that they have to stay together, and if they don't, they're immoral or something because that's ridiculous. So if you're getting back to what human beings actually would want, if there weren't cultural imperatives telling them what what, what to want, then that's a whole different ballgame. And you're not going to find that noble savage anywhere anymore, not even in aboriginal societies. So, Janae, tell me five celebrities that have cheated. I'll tell you five celebrities. Yeah, give me five celebrities you've cheated. I, I want to go through case by case. You don't know anybody. You don't know anybody. All right, give me five celebrities you've cheated. Frank Sinatra. Frank, no, keep going. Give me like five or six. Well, the, well, old, the whole Rat Pack. No, he's going to tell you the ones with a clean record. Just ran some out. Some some celebrities, uh, politicians. Fred Astaire was the only one with a clean record. Just keep going. Everybody else. I don't care about the records. Give me some names. Go ahead. Oh, you'll pass the mic. John Kennedy. Keep going. Keep going. All right, but keep, I mean, keep going. So you're looking oh, you're for thinking, just the men because thinking. there's no, a lot so of women the also. Of course she I know the question. And about. she keeps thinking because you can say, Newt Gingrich, Bill Clinton. Why don't we have Madeleine Albright? It's just Why not don't we talked have about Hillary women Clinton? cheat, too. Women and, and cheat, And you don't too. think every Republican would be on Hillary Clinton cheating? They want her out of office. Newt Gingrich impeached Bill Clinton for for having fun with Monica Lewinsky and Newt Gingrich uh, he, he, No, he was impeached uh, uh, because he perjured himself in front of a federal jury. Right, right. But, Newt, <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is Newt Gingrich was the big guy to, to, to drive that process forward in Congress. Yet Newt Gingrich has cheated on every single wife that he's had. Elliot Spitzer, Mark Hurd of HP. If, if I ask anybody in this room or anybody outside, I say, you name me, please let me know some celebrities that have cheated. And I can assure you that 90% of them, which no, is a 95%, are going to be men. No, it's going to be going much men. closer. It's going to be much more equal. That's not I, true. That's I don't not know. accurate. I mean, think about... I'm curious. What, mm-hmm. what happened with Marilyn Monroe when she was married? Because she was famous for being promiscuous. Sure. But, uh, during the time she was married, was she... Uh, I don't know anything home? about Marilyn Monroe, but what I can tell you is curious, that... Because she's a role model for a lot of people. What I'm saying is, listen, there's an election coming up, okay? I would be shocked if... Carly Fioni, is that her name, the HP girl? Um, if Hillary Clinton, if even not Madeleine Albright, Condoleezza Rice, I would be shocked to find out that these people had, um, you know, cheated with the little cabana boy person, right? But I would not be shocked for a second if even these super conservative people like Ted Cruz or, or Walker, 
um, ended up having a mistress or a, you know, they call them on some prostitution list. It wouldn't right. be surprising so, at all. I'm just, cu- I'm just curious what you, how you think about this uh, because um, obviously the, the men who are cheating are cheating with women. Uh, these women uh, c- come from what type of, of a data pool? So, well, a lot of them it's paid. It's prostitution. I mean, it's, it's easy. They don't want to sit there and have the girl come back. And it's like Charlie Sheen leaves. I'm not paying for the sex. I'm paying for the girl to leave. <laughs> That's what he says when he talks about prostitution. Um, and this is the airline. I call this the airline analogy. A lot of people say, well, for every man that's cheating, he's cheating with a woman. So this is, there's, there's this equality. I'm like, that's like saying for everybody who, who travels on a plane, there's a plane to bring them. It's like, yeah, but it's not everybody has a personal plane. There's one plane that's carrying like a commercial plane that's taking a large group of people to and from every day. That's all they do. This is called the sex industry. This is called escorting. This is called pornography. This is called prostitution. Um, if you go right now, to uh, Google and you try to find an escort service company, okay? There will be plenty, plenty of female escorts uh, available. And there are male escort sites and they're not for women, they're for gay men. So and you, So you're saying that the temptation factor and the availability factor is predominantly for men, <coughs> but would women go for, if there was the availability? It is, women have, Talk, women, you know that you can get I, have sex I, in, in I 10 minutes. I agree with that, but I'm just saying the way it sounds is that it, it's like you're, you're to me, you're just putting men down. It, no. it, it, it doesn't, I don't see the quality of a man in saying, you know, I can have sex because it's it's in my blood, if you will, and it's okay. So, I mean, personally, do you think it's okay? Absolutely. I think it's completely okay. I think and It's I think, okay for a man to cheat? Why is it not? Is it... Why is it not okay? If you're in a monogamous relationship, no, no, but monogamy... But, no, but women push the monogamy. But, but I'll give a, a reason. Yeah. Outside of relationships, if you're controlled by lust or anger or greed or any of these emotions that we're supposed to have a handle on, then it's going to make your life pretty miserable. You become a slave. You become less than human, in my right. humble opinion. Wait, let's, let's go back to her. So, okay. so, so women but push why is it, No, no, but tell me why it's... Forget about Tell me why it's bad for for men to to Same have sexual why it's bad for women to if you choose to be in a monogamous relationship. Okay. If you don't choose to be in a monogamous relationship, How, you can have sex with as many people as you want. How many women do mind. you know that would be okay with having an open non-monogamous relationship? I shouldn't say you because you're in the practice, but how many how many how many women do you back there know that would be open to having a a open, non-monogamous relationship. I'm, I'm going to comment on that. Not because of my practice. We mm-hmm. actually had someone on the show not too uh, long ago that was uh, uh, into or he treated people for polyamory. Right. He was actually a psychologist, a psychologist who, who was polyamorous in his polyamorous own lifestyle. Polyamorous in his own lifestyle. Yeah. And he gave us also a lot of um, information. He educated us on the genders. And he pretty much said that it's just about equal. As many men and as women... Mm-hmm. Adversely selected population. Uh, you have people coming to the polyamory guy. Of course. It's bad. Do you think it's just <laughs> the women that come? Is that what you're saying? No, what I'm saying is is you, you, can't, you can't... If I look at prison and I say, look at all these criminals in prison, right? I can't say that prison creates criminals. The criminals end up in prison. Like, like if you look at a general population, okay, you have to look who's open to polyamory, who's not, okay? If I go to a swingers club... There's going to be men and women there. Absolutely. Because they've already decided to go into the lifestyle. But when I look at a, at a population level and I take the entire state of Florida and say how many men are interested in swinging and how many women are interested in swinging, there will be a huge variation. 
where the men want to do it and the women don't. You can't sit there and select from a group of people who've already chosen do, to do, do it. Do you believe women just don't have a sex drive? Not at all. They have a strong sex drive with a man that they love and desire and want to be with. Unless not they've been sexually abused. Not necessarily. Unless they've been sexually Read my book. I've seen thoughts like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to go to the phones right now. We have Jim who's on the phone. Hey, Jim, how are you doing tonight? Sam, well, how about yourself? Excellent, excellent. Uh, uh, we're having kind of a stimulating conversation here, and I, I use the word stimulating kind of precariously. <laughs> um, exactly. So how are you doing? What's going on? So I'm well. No, I just had, had uh, two points to make. The first was the one where Dr. Janae was, you guys were just talking about, um, you know, is it okay for a guy to just cheat on his wife or a significant other? When you're with somebody, whether it's marriage or a committed relationship, you're entering into kind of a social contract. So you know what you're getting yourself into. So, you know, why are you going to go off and screw around behind their backs if you voluntarily went into that situation? Okay, so here's how I respond to that. This is like a market economics thing. There's an attractive girl. Janae is in the room, and we are the three suitors for Janae. Okay? A lot of men in this room. And we're talking to Janae. We're like, we all want Janae to go out with us. I'm like, Janae, like, I'm just not monogamous. I'm sorry. I'm going to have sex with you, your mom, and all your sisters and friends. Okay? Now, these other two guys say, not me. That's not what I want. I want monogamy. Okay, now, I posit they don't really want monogamy. They're saying that because they know that you'll respond well to that, and they want to have sex with you. So what happens is, now, I look at that, and I'm like, okay, now you go out with him, and I'm like, oh, this sucks. He got Janae. Okay? 20 years later, you catch him cheating. You divorce him, and you're mad, not because he cheated, but because he lied. But he had to lie. And I'm pissed because I'm like, I should lie, too. But I'm like, I don't want to lie because I'm too ethical. So, so... So the caller is right. See, Larry, Larry here has not lied. He's a confirmed bachelor, and he chooses that that's what he wants. He does not believe – he's like you. He does not I believe in it. monogamy, and so he's not going there. I get it, no, but what no, I'm saying I, is I think I Larry I believe would... in monogamy <laughs> if it's the choice of people, but I believe they can change their mind, just like they used to say a woman changes her mind a lot. Well, everybody changes their mind, and they should be given that freedom and privilege to do that. Sure, but, but to, the caller's, well, to the caller's point, though, is, is, is I agree that if there is a – Equal market. For example, I can go to McDonald's or Burger King. Okay, wherever I go, there's a McDonald's, there's a Burger King. If I don't want to go to McDonald's, I can opt out and go to Burger King. What I'm suggesting is that if there were equally women who just were interested in non-monogamy and women who were interested in monogamy and they were in two different groups, I could say I would say absolutely no problem, no need to lie. Go over to the non-monogamy group, no problem. Everybody's happy. But that's not the case. I mean, when you look at population level data, you know, if we if we use 95% confidence, we're looking at 5% of the women. Who who are now available to me, and it's already hard enough to find the women who are attractive. And Jim, uh, Jim, have we answered your question? Do you have anything else that you'd like to ask? Yeah, there was one, there was one other thing. Please, I mean, you know, as an example, we with with the business I'm in, we go to to you know conferences uh, on a fairly regular basis. We're all self-employed people, all making you know some level of six-figure income. So back to your point before about status or the heck you know you, you were referring to before. You go to these, to these meetings, and, and to be frank with you, um, there's plenty of, let's say, drinking, social drinking involved, maybe even more than that. Um, but at the end of the day, the vast majority of the people are going back to their rooms and doing the right thing. Where I mean, not to say there are a handful of people who are, uh, you know, playing the field afterwards but most people are doing what they have to do and they're not cheating and they're not screwing around uh, jim are you married i don't i don't think i that 95 percent number is, is I, i'm shaking my head at that so jim are you married yeah so you've had the opportunity to cheat but have not is that, that's pretty much what you're Correct. saying yeah and it's a decision of course guys you know we're it's the thrill to hunt you know it's 
but you, what you what your thought process is and what you act on are two different things. Yeah, I'm not suggesting. I'm not suggesting that guys just go out and just hook up with everybody all the time. What I'm saying is this. Well, let's ask Jim. I got a couple questions for you. Are you tall? Yes sure. or no? Five uh, eleven, so not really. Okay, not tall. Are you considered confident by social standards? Oh yeah. Okay, are you considered personable by social standards? Yes. And you said you make more than six figures. No, in, in at some level of six figures is what our industry makes. Yeah. Okay, so. but so what I'm saying is, is if the, it sounds like your only blemish is really the, I mean, from a data perspective, is, is no, the height angle. So what I'm saying, how long have you been married? Uh, fifteen years. Okay, what I'm saying is this. I'm saying, and you don't have to answer this, because and even if you do, I don't know that it'll be honest, because who knows who's listening. But my, I'm positing that in that 15 years of marriage, um, that you've cheated once. I mean, at least once. Now, I'm not saying you're cheating every weekend. I'm saying maybe you were, you were, you know, in a in a conference and you made out with a girl, and you're like, oh crap, I'm not going to do that again. Seven years ago, okay. The, I'm putting that out there. Um, and again, this isn't, this is not being able to see what you look like. Um, sure. And I also, you. you know, so now I could be right, I could be wrong. I don't know. And, and again, you could be the outlier. You might be the five. Remember, there's 300 million people in the U.S. Five percent <laughs> of 300 million is 15 million people. Okay, so that's that's a lot of people. Um, but what's also important is the other 285 million people who have cheated. So I think you, but, from talking to you, I think you're good at monogamy. Absolutely. But, but what my I'm saying, whole point is, uh-huh. and I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, my whole point though is what I'm seeing, and, and which are fairly large conferences. I see most of the people actually, you know, you and I have a different opinion on this, but doing the right thing and, and not going and bang, uh, not going and screwing around with, uh, you know, the other women or men. Right. So, and, and that I you're mean, aware man, of, though, that you're aware of. Says, man, it would be fun to go upstairs with this broad over here. Of course. But you just, there's, again, the choice to act on it or not. Sure. And one more thing to keep in mind, too, which is important, is that you got to remember a lot of the stuff you're talking about, maybe survey data, you're talking about, I observe this happening. The best way to understand human behavior, keeping in mind that there's a huge cost for being caught cheating. People don't want to lose their wife of 15 years and their kids in their house is to look at behavioral data that was conducted in a double-blind study. When you go to places like the Florida State study and you go out and you point blank, not on a survey, would you cheat? There was a study, by the way, by Danny Ariely and George Lowenstein at Berkeley that was called In the Heat of the Moment. And they asked people in cold states, like all of us right now, would you cheat on your wife? No. Would you have sex with an overweight woman? No. Would you have sex with an older woman? No. And then what they did is they actually gave them laptops that were covered in saran wrap and, and they had them self-stimulate when they were at home and they would, they would start the program and they said, you know, once you got to a level of arousal, start answering the questions. Would you have sex with an older woman? Yes. Would you have sex with a fat woman? Yes. Would you cheat on your wife? Yes. The study is called In the Heat of the Moment. Google it. Dan Arelli, George Lowenstein. We need to move away from survey data. I, I, if I ask most people, will you eat another human let me being? Ask you, yeah. People will say no. But we know if they're on a boat, they will eat another human being to survive. This is this has been documented as well. A lot of... One last, one last thing, because I know I'm overstaying my welcome. Oh no, no, go ahead and talk. It's fine. In defense of Mr. Pounder, the uh, <laughs> I agree. There will be people who, in order to maintain their social status, there will be women or perhaps even men who will say, you know what, go ahead and do what you want to do, because I don't want to lose this this high life that I have going on. Mm-hmm. I agree with that 100. percent I think it comes down to self-esteem because a lot of psych studies say that they all agree that people are lacking in self-esteem. It's one thing that all the different uh, psych uh, technique uh, methodologies agree on. So men increase their self-esteem by picking up another woman, and the women increase their self-esteem by holding on to a man. So it, it really goes back to an image of self. 
and and that might be culturally biased. So I think the real self-esteem, because again, what we feel is contagious if we're spreading anger, lust, this, whatever, but we could be spreading joy and, and love. So, And I think that's the real, if people were familiar with their true self, they would want to feel and then spread something a little higher than what the culture's tell you to do. Right. And let me plug one more website. If you go to <laughs> pornographyexpert.com, that'll give you links to academic studies, uh, scientific and academic talks about all of this stuff. And there's a preponderance of evidence that supports um, what I'm saying. And, and let me put it for you this way. If I know that I would love for women to be a sprint. I want Janae to be correct. I would love that because then everything would be awesome and relationships would be so much better. But what I'm saying, though, is, <laughs> you know, I wish. I mean, like, I, I wish that, that women were, were as promiscuous as men. I think that would be great. Um, and well, I'm losing my point. Wait, wait, wait. Go not, ahead, jump it's in. Not just about being, it's not about being <laughs> promiscuous. Okay. I think what we're, we're actually missing here, what has been left out, is just how about human feelings and emotions? It sounds like this is all, like, statistical, significant data. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what a man's saying, and this is what you said about the in the heat of it. Well, in the heat of it, you know, women may feel a certain way and act on it. Men may feel a certain way and act on it. I do agree that men are more physically uh, attracted to women, that it's more about physicality. And women want the emotion. They want the closeness. But it doesn't mean that women are not going to cheat on their husbands, cheat on boyfriends, just like men will. It's not that a woman doesn't have an enormous sex drive that... She can go out there and be just as much as a nymph and actually enjoy having it just like a man does. I think your studies need to be now and it needs to be more around every every single area. Okay, you're saying just in my profession that I only see a certain amount of people, but you're taking little studies from here and there or maybe big studies. The question I had is that when you go ahead and do a study, uh, one of the ones maybe that you've even you've done some of them yourself. Yeah, I have. I mean, remember I was only at the Kinsey Institute for one semester, then I left. But but I I would submit to you that if you say we're doing a a study on sex from the Kinsey Institute, you're doing the same thing Janae is. You have now a limited population. You have have a population that's interested in doing a Kinsey sex study and you may get data that's going to be based on it's not like you know so it's, you, it's randomly solid that's the whole purpose of so academic you, research you send out you send out like letters in the mail that even that's considered not great because that's considered voluntary so response do, survey. tell me how you do well it. There's, there's, there's the thing there's, it depends on the budget of the survey there, there, there's survey data which is the most limited data because people could be lying right there's voluntary response data the, the best data are the ones where you go out and you do like a double blind trial where you go out and you like they did at florida state or like they did at montreal where they actually put the girl in the ferrari and they just said hey excuse me can you just stop random people on the street? On a scale of 1 to 10, what, what do you – now, the limitation that you could say is when you talk about the citizen, you could say, in Montreal, this, right? And then what would happen is somebody could replicate that in Los Angeles or they could replicate it in another city. The Florida State study was replicated at several universities all throughout the world. Okay, this is consensus. This isn't something that just happened at Florida State. But when you're talking about this polyamory guy or, or a sex therapist, that is, now you're adversely selecting your, your population. Completely yeah, adversely selected. Let's talk about an ancient study. You've read Kama Sutra, and that was done thousands of years ago, but then, but they, over thousands of years of research, and they said that women have more sex drive, more intelligence, more, uh, Appetite. Oh, women absolutely have a strong. Listen, I am not for a second arguing that women don't have a sex drive. I'm talking about that when women finds a man that she's in love with and wants to be with, she wants to have sex with him. Listen, every girl I've ever dated, okay, I'm trying to hook up with her initially. I'm like, oh, I gotta hook up with her for his days. Anyway, and once I go with her, and I've hooked up with her like ten times. All of a sudden, she's the one that's making the, you know, wanting to hook up with me, and I'm just like, oh, let's just go to the pool. Let's just hang out. You're like, I've had sex with you like ten times. Like, you know, women. 
are more sexual, I think, than men. Um, we're just talking about the variety. And I can tell you, every woman that I've ever met, uh, and this is anecdotal now, every woman that I've ever met um, that has been, through, say, that I've met through like a site like Adult Friend Finder or like a, a lifestyle site um, that is out there just having sex with different men, every one of them raped. Um, I, I swear, I asked them, I just listen, disagree. I, I know you disagree, but I will, I, I will ask, I'll say to me, listen, um, you know, I'm interested in human sexuality. I wrote a book about this. I'm like, just, you know, how me understand this. Like from the research that we've done, it shows that the women who are willing to meet random men for sex on an internet site, okay, have either been uh, phys- or, uh, emotionally abused over a period of time because it kills their self-confidence. And what they do is they go out, they have sex with the guy. It increases their self-confidence, and then the guy leaves, it gets down so, again, but, and then they But would you say that up. women also have more of a romantic impulse? Because the Harlequin romance novels are about the best-selling in the in the U.S. of any literature. And, and women like to harbor this idea that there's a Prince Charming coming well, out there. Well, I, I saw a funny quote that said, um, Fifty Shades of Grey was a was a blockbuster, awesome, like great romantic movie or something. But if, if the guy wasn't a billionaire, it would be a Criminal Minds episode. <laughs> <laughs> now, I have a question for you. You said before sure. that you felt... You felt it would, it's okay if a man cheats. Is it okay if a woman cheats? Absolutely. Absolutely. But the thing is, is see. What's is, okay is, with that? What's okay with that if you choose to be in a monogamous okay, relationship? But you're forgetting most men aren't choosing to be in a monogamous relationship. We don't but have a choice. Well, if they're, if they're getting married, they are. Yeah, I, I disagree. <laughs> why, why is every why guy is in the room laughing? <laughs> why are there's three men in this room? He's trying not to laugh, and the other two are laughing. <laughs> So you, well, I'm, la- I'm laughing for a different reason. I'm laughing because when you get married, you are actually signing a contract. And if someone has a business contract with me and they break it, they get listen, their ass sued. I, I get it. But here's the thing. Listen, most people okay, want emotional intimacy. I, I'm not denying that. Men and women equally want to be in love. They equally want emotional intimacy. Most men and women want children. Okay, Most people want to be married to do these things. The problem is, is most men want an attractive woman. Most and most women want a successful and will throw in handsome man, right? But the thing is, is if if the guys are completely honest and say, "Listen, I'm not interested in monogamy," those girls are like, "F you! I'm going to go to this guy who tells me that he is." And then when she ends up finding out that he cheated because she's going for she's the good looking girl, so she goes for the successful guy who by default has more opportunities now because he's successful and he was able to attract her. Then he cheats, and you know what she says? It's not that you cheated, it's that you lied. But he had to lie. But is this why lying psychopaths rise to the top of society, not just in relationships but in politics and everywhere else? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but I mean, well, but what I'm but saying is, women uh, cheat too. They do, but women cheat for a reason. Men cheat for a reason too. If a woman men are insecure, they have low self-esteem. Men have to prove themselves. There's a lot of reasons why men cheat. In all the cross-cultural studies, men enjoy variety. Have you heard of the Coolidge effect? The Coolidge effect. They took rats. Okay, <laughs> Listen, I have endless data. You can't. You can't. That's beat a me funny on data. story. Go to pornographyexpert.com. But the Coolidge effect. Okay, I'll t- you want to tell the story? Um, you probably would tell it better, but uh, the version I had heard was uh, that the, when Coolidge was running for president, one one of his presidencies, they, he happened to be visiting a farm. That's the one. Keep going. And um, <laughs> this is a true. This is a true effect. It, it was named because of this story, but we'll get into and, it. Uh, and they separated uh, the president from from Mrs. Coolidge, and, and during one of the visits, they happened to go into the hen house, and um, the uh, the. Mrs. Coolidge. Mrs. Mrs. Coolidge said, wow, this is really fantastic. He says, uh, you have uh, how many roosters? And, well, there's only one rooster. He says, uh, uh, really? He says, and, and the, these hens, they have sex all the time. She says, well, well when, when, when Mr. Uh, uh, Coolidge comes in, could you please tell him that? 
And then a few hours later, the president comes in and he they, he says, uh, well, wow, you have all these hens here, all these eggs. How many roosters do you have? And he says, well, there's only one rooster. Uh, and uh, uh, Mrs. Mrs. Coolidge had asked and said, uh, you know, that I should tell you that all of these women, all female, the hens, they have sex all the time. And uh, the president said, uh, do they have sex with the same hen? And she said, no, they have sex with many hens. So he said, well, when you see Mrs. Coolidge, make sure you tell her that. <laughs> right, exactly. That's so, pretty close. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. And the thing is, is, and this has been documented in rats. If you have a rat, it was a rat or a mouse or a mice or rats, they put him in a cage and they give him a female to have sex with. He has sex with, he has sex with, the, with the woman or, you know, a female rat, and then he rests. He doesn't have sex with a woman. If you introduce a novel rat into the population, all of a sudden he's excited again. And this, this is what, what they mean by the Coolidge effect in social science research. So if you Google, just Google Coolidge effect rats. Um, and again, if you go to pornographyexpert.com, there's probably a talk there that talks about that study. This is only true in males. But, it's true in the, in the sex if, that has lower investment What if you're going out cost. with a schizophrenic, though, who can affect a different personality every time you're with <laughs> but her? But that right would be and picked it, up. It'd be that lucky, be that. But here's the thing. That would be picked up in the statistical <laughs> data as an outlier. So what I'm saying is, is, if you want the number one predictor of infidelity, it's gender. The number one, uh, or I should say, of desire for infidelity. The number one predictor of desire for multiple partners is gender. It's not income. It's not race. It's not geography. It's gender. If you're a male, you desire multiple partners. This is true across the entire mammal species, and it's also um, true that the that the um, in all species the 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 gender that has the lowest uh, cost of sex, okay, is the one that competes for access to the higher investing sex. So in our case, females are the have the um, higher cost of sex because of pregnancy and all these different types of things. Males have the lower cost, so males compete with each other. It's called intrasexual rivalry to compete for access to the prime females. I have a question population. for you. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been cheated on that you're aware of? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. And this might be interesting to you, too, is I don't deny that there's jealousy associated with cheating. That I absolutely agree with. And I also agree that if I take a teaspoon of sugar, I'm going to experience sweetness, okay? And somebody can point to me scientifically why I'll experience sweetness, but they can't tell me not to experience sweetness. They can't say, take the sugar and don't experience sweetness. I'm going to. I know that if I'm with a girl and she cheats on me or I cheat on her, that it's going to elicit feelings of jealousy and that those are not positive feelings. So what I, what I say is it's better, instead of saying don't cheat, say do your best to, to minimize discovery and if I were in an open relationship, which I would like, it's hard to find girls who want to be in open relationships. There's plenty, many, actually. Yeah, send them my way. <laughs> well, that's it. You know, since, she, since she deals with these people, you should exchange numbers. I'm not talking about it. Of course. Okay. Um, um, and I know so, a whole bunch of them, actually. Perfect. As long as they're attractive, I'm in. Right? They're very attractive. So I take it you're not married. Uh, I'm not, but I've dated girls in most of the relationships end because they get um, upset that I won't commit um, sexually. And, and that's okay open. because, yeah. right, you yeah. are open, and that's yeah. good for you, and that's what I'm hearing Absolutely. today. That's not mm -hmm. for the entire population. No. So no. it's not to, you know, be an advocate and say everyone should be this way and it's okay to cheat. For you, it your preference, okay but it's your preference <laughs> that it's okay to cheat. Not it's not okay to cheat. Listen. It's an we, unethical thing if to we cheat. Live it's in a, a disrespectful thing to cheat. But it's not. If we live but in, it a, is. If we live in a society, okay, where... All of a sudden, okay, I, I use, I call it the racist father analogy, okay? You're a girl, and you have a racist father, okay? And you meet a black guy that you love. I love him. He's great. Oh, crap, I can't tell my dad. So you go home, you see dad. So, uh, Jenny, you got a boyfriend? What does she say? Is she honest and says, dad, I'm dating a black guy, don't disown me? Probably not. She goes, no, I'm not dating anybody. I have a boyfriend, but I don't really want to talk. Like, like, 
she's not she's going to date who she loves okay so if you have the racist father and you're interested in the black guy or the asian guy or the hispanic guy whoever whoever the father doesn't like most women are still going to date that person because love prevails most women and they're just going to sit there and tell the father what he wants to hear or in a way that isn't going to piss him off because there's repercussions, especially if she's going to college and he's paying tuition. But I think it's all relative. It's culturally based. There's a lot of uh, factors that come into that. Well, how do you but explain all the social there, science there, research? There's another factor, too. People like to fool. When, uh, it, it's an excitement for people to fool someone. That's why the acting profession is so big now. But they say even with professional con artists, they could be making more money legitimately, but they like to fool, and I think we all have that part of us. So I, I think that's part. When people cheat on each other, it's really that they are getting an extra thrill, sexual thrill even, out of fooling the other But wait, person. I have a question for Janae. So Janae, in, in, in any major metropolitan area, Miami, Detroit, Chicago, New York, okay, okay, would you agree that there are more strip clubs of female dancers than strip clubs of male dancers? Yes. So if males and females have this equal opportunity for, or this equal desire, let's say, for, you know, wanting to see uh, the naked dancers or go in the sexual We're environment. We're not talking about that. We're talking about cheating. And you're right, saying it's okay to cheat, and I'm telling you that... Why cheat? Just don't commit to a because then you won't find a high value mate. You won't. If I go out and I say I want a beautiful twenty one year old big boob point seven waist hip ratio intelligent girl that's going to go to medical school or law school because uh, that's the girl I want, and I say to that girl I have no interest in monogamy, she's going to be like f you because I have a gazillion other guys that are going to give me what I want. A lot of the but girls that are... So you, so you, you mean, so you'd be a liar. But you, you, you don't have a choice. It's a market system. So you say, okay, if I no, want... No, no, you can go to another girl who agrees with you. But, you don't have a lie girl, to them. But that's the, not true. The woman wants a good liar because he knows he'll be more successful in society in general. He actually <laughs> cultivates <laughs> that. Yeah. No, but what, it, what, but what I'm trying to get at is is every everybody knows, okay, that if... It, that women who are high mate value, okay, they're young, they're attractive, um, they're shapely, they have, they're in a better position to get what they want, which is typically monogamy. Males, as we alluded to earlier with the swinging analogy, who are tall, successful, personable, confident with a lot of resources, and I'm telling you, that's my adversely selected swinger population, um, they are the ones that are more likely in a position to get what they want, which is, I want sexual variety, if you're not interested, get out. Now, if you're the girl who says, Wow, I really want to go out with this guy with the Bentley in the big house on the ocean, but I have to put up with sexual, uh, you know, swinging. They do it. You know, they do it. Who, who doesn't want variety in all uh, aspects? When you have food, you want food with all different tastes. When you look at a True. picture, you want all the colors used. With music, Correct. you want but all the But males and notes. females don't face different adaptive problems also, when it comes to nutrition. And also, there are different ways of doing variety. For instance, one of my degrees is in music. And... Um, uh, I once uh, asked one of the band leaders who did the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over. I said, how can you stand doing this? You're a musician. You're supposed to be creative. And he had said to me, well, I have made boredom my friend. <laughs> now, now I, I don't now I don't believe in that. I don't believe in that because I could play the same piece of music over and over and over again. And because of nuance and because of how I happen to feel at the moment and because of my expression and things you will never find in a scientific study. Because, you see, what I, how I look at science and scientific studies is basically it's a core of information that's wrapped around a, a thread that you really can't get to or really can't understand. Uh, so, so I always think that uh, statistics and all of that, they attempt to uh, to do something. So you're gonna, you, you, you can say, yes, this person is in love. You can say this person is going to cheat. You can say all of these things, but the actual core inside of that that makes all those things happen is nothing you're ever going to really pick up in a study.
How about another reason for sex, too, which is health? Maybe that other person has a particular biochemistry that complements your own at that moment and fulfills you and completes you and heals you, and that that one might be a reason to seek out a partner. Well, if that was the case, then you, would, you wouldn't see gender differences. You know, you see gender differences. But the thing is, is so let's go back to the music analogy. So with, with music, if you don't like one type of music, you can always go to another type of music. There's, mm-hmm. no, there's no barrier to entry to a group. Okay, What I'm talking about is men are, a lot of men are competing for scarce high-value females, and a lot of females are competing for scarce, high-value males. So if you're the woman that says, I want to be with a guy who has a $5 million house on the ocean with his Bentley and his Ferrari and his jet, okay, she can say, and he say, he could say, well, listen, you don't have to be with him. He wants to be probably, just be honest and say you're not interested and go date the other guy with the Ferrari and the Bentley on the house. But he, too, wants to have multiple, and he's probably in the swinger lifestyle as well. So now think about, here's what I'm saying. Think about another. Um, let's we're think talking about, about oh, things. Wait. We're talking about things. No, we're Larry, talking I'm about, shocked with you that you didn't talking, say, what about love? Hold on, hold on. We're no, get love and love sex, I don't put together. Boy, but a friend of mine has a your guy. Perfect. This is it. This is my point. No, no, no. A friend of mine has a Bentley. Oh, my God. You and Larry should do a show. No, don't bring God into it either. So when people are having sex, they go, oh, God, they mean that euphemistic. Wait, wait, wait. but wait, wait. a friend of mine with a Bentley, I asked him, why do you have they that just, Bentley? He says it makes the girls cream. You I guys said, just made my, my whole point for a second. You I, said, I see sex and love differently. And she freaked out and said, oh, my God. And this is male. Fe- and I talk about this in my book. Males and females I didn't say they weren't different. I just said, what about two, love? No, and he said, I view sex and love differently. They're completely different. And I you, know you had a visceral when, response. When I eat as, as a look, female. As, as the only, <laughs> as, as, the only <laughs> as a moderator, but as the only person here <laughs> actually in a monogamous relationship... <laughs> For 33 years. Whose wife is listening to the show. <laughs> well, I, I doubt it. She, she just about never listens to the show. So that's not true at all. But I didn't have anything in mind when I met her. I met her on the beach. I thought she looked good in a swimsuit. I guess she thought at the time I looked good in a swimsuit. We both had the same type of jobs. She actually was making more money than me. And uh, we will, for a, a lack of a, of a statistical term, fell in love, okay? <laughs> and uh, and we've been uh, happy ever since. We work at it. And my whole idea behind playing each song differently each day is how I, I manage that. It's really not the same song. It's the same song in a way, but there's so many variants and things you can do to make this brand new or make it a new experience, for me at least, that, that it, it just keeps on go- going on and on in a positive fashion. Listen, I completely understand what you're saying. And, and, I'm not, and, and I'm do you not think you're going to feel the time same time. way in, I don't know, 25 years from now and 30 years pro- from now? Pro- what do you know, mean maybe, you're the same maybe, man and men cheat and they have all this variety? Do you think that it's going to go on throughout your entire I think it'll lifetime? be lower because my testosterone levels decline with age and testosterone okay, so, is the mating so, hormone. So okay, people in your so, 20s are more So testosterone actually plays a role in this. Absolutely. There's factors. Right, absolutely. Now, now let me get back to what he said. Um, I, I agree with everything you said, and what I'm trying to tell you is that I am doing everything. I'm interested in, in again, population-level data. We know okay, empirically that the more attractive a woman is, the more money and, and, and the taller her boyfriend will be. This is completely independent objective data. We know this. This is a fact, okay? If you, if you have, have independent people rate mean level of attractiveness on a woman, her height, her boyfriend's height, and her mate's uh, income will go up. Now, let's go back to another. I'm, I was trying to think while you guys were talking of a different market environment where you have scarce scarcity versus supply. So think about the employment market for a second. Okay, there are more people looking for jobs than jobs available. Okay, and people want good jobs, not bad jobs. Nobody's competing to go to McDonald's. They're competing to be the CEO of Office Depot, right? Now, you're interviewing for a good job, okay, a top position at a law firm, a top position at any at any business. 
And the human resources person is stupid enough to ask you, just like when a woman would be stupid enough to ask you, would you cheat on me? Says to you, why do you want to work here? Why would you like to work here? Okay. Now, the true answer, which we know empirically, because we know when people win the lottery, which is a purely financial transaction, that's it. They win the lottery. There's no emotional thing. You win the lottery. They quit their jobs. Okay. The reason they need to work there is money. And if they say, I would like this job because it pays well. Thank you. Next question. We know they're not going to get the job. They have to say, I like the challenge. I really like, you know, marketing and I can, I can develop a different business in a different country and I can expand this product line. Um, you know, and this is why I want the job. If they were honest and said, primarily, I need the money, but since I'm here anyways, this is what I want to do. They're not going to get hired. Why? Because there are plenty of other candidates who want that high value job, will tell the employer what they want to hear to get the job, and when they win the lottery, meaning they have the opportunity, which is the key word, because not everybody has the opportunity, males especially, then they quit. That's what the data suggests. And I could be sitting around with you guys right now saying, I love my job, I wouldn't quit if I won the lottery. So but the data suggests otherwise. So are you saying that men lie about wanting to cheat? I'm saying men understand the environment. They understand that if they want to get a high-value female who has plenty of other males that are competing for her attention, that they're more likely to be successful in that endeavor by telling them, telling her what she wants to hear, which is why we, women universally say it's not that he cheated, it's that he lied. Okay, now my question is, as a scientist, uh, you know, I, I'm involved with a lot of data too. Mm -hmm. And there's all sorts of data that comes out about how you do things and what happens and materials and all of that. And that data then is taken and put into useful practice somewhere. How do you, how does all of this data, what do you do, now that you are, I'm Great thrilled question. you have all the data, Great so question. who gives a goddamn? Great. What okay, are you so going to do with it? Here's what I'm trying to tell people. I, especially, okay, listen, I live in a uh, condo development in a really ritzy part of Boca, and I'm surrounded by million dollar country clubs. And I laugh because everybody that moves into my development are divorced women from Woodfield and St. Andrews and all these big country clubs. And when I talk to these women at the pool, you know what they tell me? I got divorced. And I, you're doing me, I'm into the research. Why did you get divorced? The a-hole cheated on me. Okay, or there might have been some others, but mainly, you know, I hear this over and over again. Now, she's she goes from living in a mansion to living in this little apartment or condo, and you know she with half the guy's money. But. Yeah, with half the guy's money, true. Mm -hmm. And uh, and she has her kids now. They, you know, they created turmoil in the relationship. And I'm thinking, listen, because the woman thinks it's her. Women think, what did I do? You know, why did he? What, what did I do that was wrong? Because most women, when they cheat, think he did something. I cheated on him because women always have a reason why I cheated on him because. He was in Iraq fighting a war for two years. What was I supposed to do? He he never he was never he never told me he loved me. He was never there emotionally. It was like I was living with my best friend. That's why I, there's a reason why where men cheat just for opportunity. But hold on to his question. So the question I know I know. But the question is the question is and what I'm saying is is first of all when you meet a person guy or girl don't even talk about monogamy. Who cares? You don't talk about so we're only gonna watch movies together, right? Think any other subject. We're only going to eat together, right? Like, why would you ask that? Just say, I love being with you. You love being with me. Okay, but Don't what, even what, ask. But that's your own society. True. Like I said, you need to be He's in asking. a polyamorous relationship. Well, I was you asking what specifically he does with the data. And by the you way, know, speaking of polyamorous relationship, Janet Hardy, who's one of the, who wrote the, ethic, the book, The Ethical, S-L-U-T, I don't know if I can say it on the air, well, has acknowledged that people in the polyamorous lifestyle, especially females, are less attractive, um, generally speaking. And there's a reason for that because these women, like anybody else, wants a relationship. These women don't have guys lying to them because they're lower mate value, so they're just like, uh, sorry. And they go, okay, I guess I'll be in a polyamorous relationship. Wait a minute. The man will lie to get laid to begin with. 
And then the man will lie and even say, I love you, in order to keep the relation going. Uh, but Only if he's a jerk. Yeah, if he's a jerk. Well, no, <laughs> Only if he's a moron, a jerk, it doesn't give a goddamn about a human being. This is a system where the women are forced to put... Uh, they put men into that position where they have to lie for that because they can't. Women are the employers. Because they're, they're, they're the scarce resource. But, but to your point. But, but he, they've, he, they've been listen, looked to economize like the relationship where they, won't, where they have to look at the man listen. as an economic source instead of just. That's why I'm into socialism. I think socialism. you have to be living under a rock to deny what we're talking about, right? So the thing is, is what can we do about it? So the first thing is, is don't. First of all, who, it's not even something to talk about. And if you're, if you're going to cheat, don't come out like like the guy, the caller that we had earlier. Let's say he does cheat on his wife next week, hypothetically. He listens to the show. He's like, screw it. You know, right? Then, well, 95% saying, of all men. Right, right. exactly. Why should I be in the 5%? But what I'm saying is, don't come home and tell your wife you cheated. And if you're a woman and you cheat on your husband, don't come home and tell him. Just go listen. Here's what's going to happen. He's going to say, I hate you. I'm breaking up with you. Or I'm hurt. Don't do it again. So if you want the outcome to be I'm hurt, don't do it again, then just don't do it again. And if you want to break up with you, just break just up with them. Don't, don't be hurt in them. a monogamous relationship and you don't have so to you're go not, through you're that. You're not listening to me because I'm not going to get an attractive girlfriend if I tell her that I'm but in a you're, monogamous you're relationship. But you're not being a communicative well, hold on, relationship hold on a second. But, but Dave, Dave, you're an attractive guy. Mm-hmm. Thank you, you. You've been in the porn in, industry. You, Huge asset to women, by the way. You, you <laughs> do not. You do not. Obviously, you said you're not married, uh, and uh, you you believe in the statistics that you, that you that you that you discovered or use. I believe in science, right? Correct. You believe in science. <laughs> you believe in all all of those things. Sure. And uh, and so I, I'm curious. Do you think that you will ever, at any point in time, give any of those things up or develop a relationship where you do? You, how do you see it ever where you might wind up in a monogamous the last, relationship? The last girl I dated. The last girl I dated said to me, are you always going to be like this? Are you always going to be... She called it vagging. You know, it's like fishing. Vagging. But did you let her know channels. from the beginning? Absolutely. That, okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Come on, me. Okay. <laughs> Hi, honey. I'm going to be... Monogamous. <laughs> There's too much media out there now. Otherwise. But um, the thing is, is, she says, well, maybe... And I told her, I'm like, listen, maybe, to your point, maybe when I'm 50, okay, I'll have you know less testosterone. I'll do it less. But I'm not going to never not do it. So instead of having sex with... Let's say I'm in a relationship and I'm having sex uh, once every other month with a girl. Maybe it'll be once a year. It'll be less. But again, it's like dieting, this binary no, thing. But but, you know, my question also is, how come, how come you never did what you, what you purport that other men would do? Like you want to go ahead and get uh, involved or have sex with this really gorgeous looking woman. How come you've never professed that you will be monogamous or lie so that you can get that? Or maybe you have. Because I'm too ethical. No, I won't. Oh, because you're too ethical. So there's an ethical. So where does ethics. I'm going to tell you right now. It all has to do with mate value. I'm a tall guy. I'm rich. I I have education. I have money. I own property. I, I'm high. It's not difficult. I can get a girlfriend tomorrow. It's but not both, difficult both for me to get sexes are lying to each other. Both sexes are using so wait, I just have to say, so what you're really saying is that you, it's cannot, not ethical. you cannot be fulfilled by just one person. Correct. You're saying that, right. Okay, so mm-hmm. that's another part of this. It's not mm-hmm. just that men need to have variety and, you know, we are the species that we like to have sex with all different types. It's also because you're not fulfilled by just one type and right, one that's person. That's me personally, but here's what I'm saying, though. But so, how do you know that's not for I'm, a lot I'm, of men gonna, if they're cheating? So them. there's this thing called, you know, how they all talk about me search instead of research. I don't watch sports. Okay, I don't own a television. I haven't had a television since 1999. And I wouldn't for a second go, just because I don't have a television, men don't have television. You know, Guys don't have televisions. Okay, I don't watch sports. I would never for a second say that men don't watch sports because there's plenty of data that suggests otherwise. I'm a fair-minded, intellectually honest person. And when you look at the – there is endless – I mean, I encourage – you especially, I encourage you, please go to pornographyexpert.com. Watch the lectures. I'll be up all night watching. Watch the anthropologists. <laughs> watch the psychologists. Watch the economists. Look at the government studies on pornography, for example. 
Um, there was a guy, Don Simons, um, at the University of California, Santa Barbara, and he said his epiphany with, with regarding to, to male-female sexuality was gay men. And he said, when you look at gay pornography, gay pornography is exactly the same as straight pornography. It's the same thing. It's, it's, it's a young guy, a variety of different guys. And if anybody says that pornography reveals anything about attitudes towards women, you would expect gay pornography to be very different because now you have men interacting with other men. But it's not. It's the same. And pornography appeals to male sexuality. What appeals to male sexuality? Low investment sexual opportunities with a multitude of young, attractive females. And you're not going to see successful porn of fat, old women. You're not. And you're going to oh, go to a romance <laughs> novel. And in every romance novel, the lead guy is always successful. And he's tall. And I'm he's not alpha. disagreeing with that. But this, is gender, but this is gender-based. Women invariably watch romance novels. Men invariably watch porn. I, I agree with These that as well. These products are created no, to see, appeal to the evolved sexual Out of this, out of this whole conversation so far, you said one word, and you said you would not do these things because you did not feel that they were ethical. Correct, because I am in a position where it's not difficult for me to find another attractive girlfriend. Okay. It, so, but uh, the, my point is, is that someone who does not have your wealth or your looks might also find that it is not ethical to do that. You're, the, the fact of where you are, the fact that that you happen to have certain opportunities that other right. people will not have, sure. does not mean that someone who does not have those opportunities it, it, it won't be ethical in how and they that, are I, as I agree. well. And that was the analogy I made earlier about the Ferrari. Okay, if if somebody can't afford a Ferrari, it doesn't mean they don't want one. So the guy who is short that lives with his mother. Um, you know, doesn't have any education and uses double negatives. I don't want no fries. Okay. That guy may be monogamous, but not necessarily by choice. He probably doesn't have attractive women that are interested in having sex with him or giving him the opportunity. And you can't say he's this nice ethical guy because he's chosen not to when he doesn't have the opportunity. Okay. If George Clooney doesn't cheat, then you have a point. <laughs> okay. If, if you adversely select the population of men who are able to cheat, Men who are tall, who are educated, who are confident, who have high social status, professional uh, sports figures, politicians, um, business executives, okay? In, in, you can show me that. You can show me a, 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 a sizable portion of men, more than 5%, <laughs> that are acting this way, then great, but good luck. Well, I'll look. But I, we're coming to the end of the show. No more questions. Sorry. No, no. I'd like to. Could you please tell everybody about the book and where they could get it, and if they want more information uh, about uh, what you're uh, about these studies and uh, everything that we talked about tonight? Absolutely. All right. So let me plug a couple of websites. The first is obscenethoughts.com, where you can watch other interviews that I've done. Uh, you can read the Kirkus reviews. It won the Psychology Award uh, at the American Library Association conference last year. Um, and you can go to ObsceneThoughts.com. You can watch other interviews and read customer reviews and stuff. And you can also go to RiskyBusinessTheMovie.com, which is a documentary about the political and public health aspects of the adult film industry, which we haven't talked about today. And you can go to PornographyExpert.com, which will talk about, which has a lot of links to academic resources and research. And listen, they always say opinions are like a-holes. Everybody has one. I have my opinions, and it's substantiated. It's supported by a multitude of academic research. And everybody who challenges it, please, please bring academic research, bring population-level data, and don't tell me about your aunt's friend who didn't cheat on her rich boyfriend because it doesn't matter anecdotally. Serial monogamy is the most consistent form throughout all the cultures of history. That, that And that's from the best 
uh, research data. And that's correlated with agriculture. And there's a, there's a video at pornographyexpert.com by Christopher Ryan called The Prehistoric Origins of Human Sexuality. Watch that, and that'll address that topic. Thank you. <laughs> I want to thank everybody for joining us this evening. Uh, this has been a phenomenally good show. I really, really enjoyed it. Kept it me on edge. Uh, David, I want to thank you for coming uh, in today. Thank you. I apologize for the elevator incident. Taking the stairs out. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think we all will. <laughs> I don't think anyone wants to spend the evening there. All right, so folks, listening to the Michael Blum Show, take care. Go ahead out and love somebody and be good and be kind to each other because we need it in the world. And we'll see you next week.